0: Hello everyone and today we're going to be doing another character profile Um, and this time we're going to be doing everyone's favourite Kardashian from DS9 Mr Elam Garak Um, Now obviously you know we have done a character profile before which was uh, obviously Data uh, which was two parts with this we're not entirely sure if this is going to be one part or two but by the end of the episode we will definitely know um, and obviously we'll say uh, either way um. So yeah. Um. You know. I. You know. There was a lot of kind of when I was kind of. I to, I think I said to you. I wanted to do a character profile. Um. And I kind of think when we kind of first started thinking and discussing it, I think didn't didn't you say you thought I'd go for seven? Which is didn't you say that? I don't know. You know, I've done. I think you you kind of you were surprised. I kind of thought I would go for seven, which is a fair assumption to make because as as Simon. I said before on his if a lot of the time I'm nothing if not predictable um
1: but you know I just I thought I that just... was very packled of you wasn't it what's that the way you said it was it, it? like a packled? okay go and listen back to that <laughs> an episode and you go. going oh yeah that's, just, uh, that's the way is... the packled
0: would go around saying it is that a compliment not <laughs> particularly, not particularly. <laughs> okay thank you very much Cy for that I appreciate that um well, we're not doing about pack lids today. We're doing well—not say like Kardashians, but we're doing. Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> oh dear. Um, so um, yeah, obviously, um, the best place to start would actually be just a, a a brief explanation of who Garrick actually was. Although that in itself is kind of a bit of a a bit of a contradiction. Just think of the Emperor's new cloak. Yeah. Um, so what? Me- so basically, these notes are actually from uh, Memory Alpha because there were actually. Where a- else? Huh? Where else? Yeah, because there were a few other links to Garak, which I did consider putting in the um, in the schedule, uh, but I had a look through an assignment actually said to me at the time. Some of them were just very brief, and most of it was just literally going over the same ground that Memory Alpha had already done. So it was just like. Just pick one and I said memory alpha's normally their go to choice for us when it comes to these kind of episodes anyway. Um so yeah it's very lazy. It's very lazy and it's convenient, yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, um so here is just a brief explanation or deep description about Garak. So Elam Garak was a Kardashian tailor and promenade shopkeeper of uh Cloviers who lived on stage um on DS9 he had been an operative for the Cardassian Obsidian Order, but was exiled to Terok Nor, or what was you know, then known as Terok Nor, when the Cardassians occupied the station. He worked with Starfleet during the Dominion War, returning to Cardassia Prime just prior to the Battle of Cardassia. He was known to be a witty conversationalist and a skilled tailor. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's just a brief description of kind of his occupation and kind of vaguely what happened. But. As I kinda of said before, Garak is not a character you can clearly define and pin. Dan, he's he's complex. It's kind of a contradic there's contradictions in there and um he's a fascinating character. I mean but you know, a lot of this space well, let's say a lot of this space on, but just generally a lot of other characters were anyway. Um and one of the things I absolutely love is a lot of his statements that things that he says um, so for example it says at the top here oh you know when he introduces himself to bashir for the first time in past prologue in season one which is i think the second episode he goes oh it's just garak plain simple garak and i just thought you know and i actually wrote here at the top in my notes garak's statements are always ambiguous and at, at times are, are always ambiguous at times hidden meanings behind the words so it's more to there's more to what he's saying and it's what he's not saying in a way it kind of feels like so just take that statement for example oh it's just garak plain simple garak it's the opposite it's completely the opposite as you know as people know you as we go through the series you find out more about him um and yeah so should we start off with a bit about his early life yeah yeah um so, Elam Garrick was the son of Inabrentaine, Tain, uh, a nefarious Kardashian who never grew tired of repeating to his son, I should have killed your mother before you were born. You have always been a weakness I can't afford. That's from DS9 episode in season 5 in Purgatory's Shadow. Um, it goes on to talk about, Garrick had a strong, almost crippling case of claustrophobia. He told Ezra Dax that in his youth, his father would discipline him by locking him in a cupboard, a closet. And that's from the season 7 episode after image. At age four, Garak and his father spent a day in the country together, their only day, as Garak could later recall. Garak impressed his father by mounting a, uh, a riding hound, despite falling off numerous times. As he limped home, his father held Garak's hand and would later recall that he was very proud of him that day. Um, at one point, Garak also spent time in Zenkef where he was trapped in a small room with moving walls. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just from that brief... Paragraph you get a sense of Garak's um kind of upbringing um and you know it's it's very it's really quite interesting i mean um so the fact he suffered from claustrophobia um you know due to kind of how his father treated him and um i think really kind of Garrick's upbringing in terms of kind of how his father treated him and of course his background in kind of intelligence and and you know, um, because obviously, you know, the whole, the whole. I think we discussed this in, in obviously our Kardashians episode. The whole kind of demeanour of a Kardashian was, particularly Sid in this Sidney Order, is any kind of showing any kind of love or anything, you know, having a personal connection to someone is seen
1: as a weakness because it can be used against you. I think it wasn't that estate came first and family came second, wasn't it? I think. Yeah. I think it's what the general gist was. Mm.
0: Yeah, and I think actually... And obviously, I think it's mentioned somewhere in here that that's why uh, Garak hid or, or, or Tain, they, hid, they hid the blood ties that, that, between them. Because as you say, and, and it actually makes sense because if you think about, particularly in the episode The Wire, when Garak's explaining things to be Sure, I say explaining things, but, you know. <laughs> uh, telling him things that you're not quite sure whether it's the whole truth or a lie or a mix of both, that at the time he was very prominently well known um so it would make sense that they would hide that connection they said that their father and son between them because if they were so well known and prominent and feared well that could be used as a witness against them um you know and the other thing as well um which i find quite interesting um you know in a way it's kind of i think um Garrett's claustrophobia. I mean, I know it was mainly directly related to when he was um when he was um he was decoding um transmissions for Starfleet Intelligence in season seven. And it was it was about the fact that he he was it was due to the fact that he, he was going against his own people. Um it felt like he was. But I also what I, I don't think it was mentioned at the time, but I think you can kind of infer it, is his claustrophobia... I said... He didn't just relate to his father's treatment of him. I think it was a case of... Because he had to think a certain way... And he never really had his father's approval. He kind of felt trapped. And I think that manifested itself in his, his claustrophobia. Does that... think that makes sense? Yeah. Yeah? Um, and I think... In, and that's why I think in particular... That memory, as, as I read out, Really stood out to him. Because that was the one time he can remember... His father actually being proud of him. And actually... I think at a time where Garak actually because I mean you know I mean that's the thing about Cardassians because obviously we can't think because obviously our childhoods human childhoods we can't think in the same terms the Kardashian childhoods were were completely different though I said they were a lot more they were tougher they were definitely harder um but at that particular time for Garak it's kind of that was probably a time he could actually feel like a he could actually enjoy himself um, and that's why I think that kind of memory really stands out to him um, you know and the other thing as well is I think actually Garak suffers from low self esteem now why I'm saying this is if you think of um, and I know you'll you'll remember this when um, Ziao was killed Garak actually says to Kira she goes oh yeah she loved you and he goes I could never understand why he could never understand why and it was just a case of all that kind of stuff that he had gone through in his life and all the things that he had done it, it kind of I think he kind of developed a low opinion of himself and maybe he just he just or oh, it, it could just be a simple
1: fact he'd never been he'd never been really loved by his father So he really had a chance really I think as an opportunity you're always on the move aren't you so yeah. I don't think that you could really i can't imagine there's gonna be many kardashians at every outpost that you go to like wasn't he on romulus at certain points and
0: yeah i mean he told that story to ode didn't he about uh he was a gardener or something and that he was apparently he was involved in assassinations of uh certain like several important romulan officials but again you've got to think how how uh which i know we'll go into in a bit about if he's telling the truth or lying um but yeah, as you say, and actually, what you were saying about there's not many Kardashians who would be in that kind of, you know, expressing relationships. relationships. Think back to um, Natima Lang. You know, she was part of a of a movement, and you know, her and Cork said they they loved each other, but that didn't. They said that then ended. She had to leave, and she had to. She experienced it, but she, you know, but again, it was the kind of you know, she had other obligations. Um, And, you know, as you say, with the whole thing with Garrick and obviously Ziao, it was kind of, he'd never experienced that love in his life. The concept is probably almost alien to him. It really is almost alien to him. So when it kind of, when it kind of happens it's like well I just don't understand how she how she did it and it, it might not just be that it could just be because of his past because of the stuff that he'd done it could just be that as well and maybe he didn't feel like he didn't deserve to be loved I mean like I said this is all just speculation but it does make a lot of sense um is there anything that you found in the notes that in particular jumped out to you no no um so, we've done a bit of his early life. Should we talk a bit more about his life in the Obsidian Order? Yeah. Yeah? Um, so, at one time, Garrick was a high ranking member of the Kardashian intelligence agency, the Obsidian Order. He was a protege of his father, who had become the head of the Order in 2348. but their familial relationship was kept secret throughout Garrick's life and only openly addressed by a Tain on his deathbed. Um, during this time as an operative Garak was instrumental in the arrest and execution of Gal father uh, which obviously would explain the animosity that exists between Ducat and Garak uh, Garak um, um, hang on, uh, the fact, that fact cont- contribu- uh, co- contributed to Ducat later regretting not having had Garak executed though not for lack of trying according to, to Garak um, he had an vindictive streak and once tried to invent charges of treason against the Gaul just for being non-winded but Tan stopped him as Simon mentioned earlier he also spent time on Romulus posing as a guard at the Cardassian embassy during his time there he may have been involved in the deaths of several important Romulan officials including Pro Council Merrick and Sub-Commander Ust- Ustad yep. though, though in speech, uh, though in brackets so this is based on stories Garrick told of his own past which are not entirely reliable
1: I always believed them yeah, you know,
0: because obviously it happened in Broken Link and he was trying to occupy Odo, wasn't he? His was mind for the journey because obviously they were going back to, to Odo's people. But, yeah, I mean, the fact that... I mean, the whole thing about him being the gardener, that was obviously probably just a cover. As an operative, he would have to go undercover, the cover, so you would have to invent
1: some sort of role or identity that where he could... I mean, like... Him being on and then going on to be a tailor actually works out reasonably well because you've got to be creative for both. So that would add up and make actually sense for he who he is. Hmm. And then there's also the kind of unwritten rule of the character that they only recently announced that I don't know whether it works into it or not, but it kind of fits his character type and his personality. That didn't they recently announce that he was a he, he pretty much he was a gay character wasn't he Yes. Yeah. so that would fit into that sort of fashion yeah. and gardening like garden design and stuff
0: yeah because um, actually that's actually a really good little segue because I actually did make a a note I think it's right near the end because um, Andrew Robertson actually sheds a bit of light on that particular aspect I think it's right near the end uh, oh yeah here we go um so it's on page ten. If that's any help. No, I haven't uh, got Page on. numbers. Um, it's on character background information and characterization. So it's just- yeah, I know
1: that.
0: You got it. I know where it is. It's just oh, finding it. Um, so Andrew Robinson, uh, he did he provided insight into his role when interviewed by Amazon.com. He said, "I started out playing Garak as someone who doesn't have a defined sexuality. He's not great. He's not gay. He's not straight. It's a non-issue for him. Basically, his sexuality is inclusive." But it's Star Trek, and there are a number of things working against that. One is that the Americans really are very nervous about sexual uh, ambiguity. So obviously, um, also this is a family show. They have to keep it on the straight and narrow, so then I backed off from it. Originally, in that very first episode, I loved the man's absolute fearlessness about presenting himself to an attractive human being. The fact that the attractive human being is a man but sheer doesn't make any difference to him. But that was a little too sophisticated, I think. For the most part, the writers supported the character beautifully. But in that area, they just made a choice. They didn't want to go there. And if I don't want to go there, I can't because the writing doesn't support it. So,
1: as you say... And that also works into the Zero thing as well. It's like, why did she love him? If if she knew he was gay, did she just do it to cover for him or what
0: if they'd written Garak that way and if they'd stuck with that and you know they'd still kept Xiao in the story and they'd still had them um, be in a relationship who knows maybe I mean Xiao it's not really a stretch to say that Xiao would be the type of person that would do something like that to cover for someone else
1: like it was always a bit cold with them though it was never really kind of in your face even at its most so that's what I'm getting at it's not like yeah one of the other relationships in there like like, look at Odo and Kira towards then, or they were very, very Cassidy and they were Cisco, they, ex- or they
0: displayed their affection a lot, didn't they?
1: Dax and Wolf, no. even to a no degree. And then you look at Zion and could that just be how Cardassians are, though? Or no, I think I don't think that's technically true because I think,
0: um, I, I know, I know, I, again, really, it's not really a great example because I said Quark was a thing, I said Natima Lang was Cardassian, but. I don't know really I, I'm trying to think if there's two other if, there's, if in, in Star Trek if there's been two Kardashians in a in a romantic relationship um, and if they, they've I said they've expressed you know that, that affection quite openly and in public but I can't think of any two other two Kardashians off the top of my head not that I can actually recall so I don't know if that's maybe just the way with the Kardashians or as you say if
1: it's I mean I don't know I mean this is all just special the only thing I can think of where we really get any insight is with um oh what's his name I can't think of his name either um Casey Briggs um oh um Dumas and um Dumas and he's got his female friend let's say yeah they're quite kind of that's about the only real yeah, insight we really get that-
0: you're talking about uh, yeah but that was more of a that wasn't really
1: the... no but it's the closest we're going to get yeah, I don't true, know what yeah. else you can really, you
0: can't really yeah I, I suppose that is the closest you can It's
1: because bit... otherwise it's oh yes I like me and my wife who aren't like they're not in the same place yeah. so that's only yeah. width that you yeah. get of anything kind of yeah it's a, it's a but even if you go on based on a human one, it's always it's still a little bit kind of a bit cold and oh we're just trying to make this work. I know what he's re- what's really going on, but we're trying to put this thing on. So you think so you think that if if they stuck with Then his... why would they go through so many wedding dresses idea? It wouldn't surely if there was a kind of something more too, it, it would be just kind of yeah, we'll just go for a second choice, second oh, rather what? than a hundred and whatever it was. <laughs> Yeah. do you know what I mean like it's kind of getting to the point of stalling like
0: so what exactly are you saying, are you saying that you did relate Ziao and Garrick together you didn't think it was entirely convincing or
1: not Not me per se but it comes across as kind of yeah,
0: I, I could, on on reflection I can kind of understand how you could come to that conclusion but in a way it does fit in a way with what Garrick was saying oh well why does she love me I don't get it so it does in a way kind of make some sense yeah I could certainly see that but you know obviously with it obviously back to Garricks obviously it said what what Andrew Robinson was saying about his sexuality again it plays into at that time Star Trek still wasn't particularly comfortable. But maybe that's the show
1: his... you do it with. Yeah. Again that's something they should have just gone with the Death was yeah. the place to do it or next gen they tried and failed on a couple of occasions Voyager they tried and failed on a couple yeah. of very minor occasions. But and back then, this no one would have been the one to do it because they were the one that would break all the rules.
0: Exactly, but with, for whatever reason, with exploring the concept of sexuality, they just again it was just something they shied away from. Which again, in a way, is a real shame. Um, but yeah, what we're kind of saying now, I think that's a very interesting point that you bring up. Um, you know, and when I actually I said because I know I brought up the whole old the whole. Garrick's self-esteem, low low self-esteem about the concept of love seems alien to him. But that kind of, I said, connecting it to what Andrew Robinson was saying about his originally who he was meant to be. I that, that's quite interesting. So, um, let's see. Um, I've, again, we've already said this.
1: We're uh, just trying to theorize rather than just reading out. Yeah. the memory of a page I've like mm. done in the past. That's what I'm trying to do. Just oh no, to exactly
0: yeah exactly I think that's a really good um, I think that's a really good side that you've you've, I'm glad you brought that up Um, so obviously we've already said about uh, him being an operative it would say it says contributing to this speculation is his occupational status as an operative in the obsidian order where romance and sexuality would have been an intolerable distraction and liability to one involved in such a treacherous business so I'm I'm also I'm also one um, wondering again if You know, I know he doesn't really say it, but I'm wondering if he's with the way Ziao kind of whether whether he blamed himself, I don't know, but maybe it's the case of oh, this wasn't meant to happen. Maybe he kind of saw that Ziao's death, maybe saw eventually it's going to happen because she's been associated with me. I don't know, maybe that's a bit of a stretch, but um. But no, I, I'm glad. I said I'm really glad you brought that up because that is that's, that's actually an aspect I didn't I didn't connect those two together. So I'm actually really glad you brought that
1: up. And I think in some ways, after his profession, I think he did actually want to settle down on Beat Space Nine. Yeah. Because why the hell would you end up there? Yeah. I mean. Oh, I did it by accident. Oh, yeah. No, I don't think so. Because you, you know, Where no other Kardashian's gonna really get hold of you. It's like, hmm the other thing as well I think is I mean if
0: in the early seasons I think Garak did hate being I mean if you you think about The Wire in particular as the seasons went on you did see that change in him as you just said the fact that he wanted to settle down there um, and the fact that You know, him and Bashir did become friends, and I mean, you know, Garrick was always Garrick was always very evasive, and but that's just who Garrick
1: actually is. But because he had many opportunities to get back in favour, yet he went for the harder choice, which eventually ended up with him ending um, the status quo staying the same.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's and you're right because obviously one example of that is in season three. When Tain he actually joined with Tain when the Tao and um the Obsidian Order joined up well, to just
1: Boom and you're talking about earlier as well. Her as well.
0: Uh Natima Lang. Mm. Yes, of course, yes thank you um yes sorry to cut in there but I no, think it's no. more prolific than no. what you're thinking no no that, you're absolutely right so I think I, I've actually forgot about that that's, that part of it so thank you so as Simon Not also bad, I haven't looked at the notes in a few weeks alright um so <laughs> as Simon said so the example I just said and, and obviously Simon are two examples of occasions where Garrett could have got back in favour with the Cardassian government possibly even being his, his um being his exile being lifted and possibly becoming again a, a um the goal again, he's, he's basically his um, title being reinstated. And on pre- on every occasion, he, he he was offered it. And he was, I mean, at that point, you weren't particularly sure what he was going to do because that's just who Garrick is. But at the end of some said he would always return to the status quo, he always made the harder choice. So, like
1: when Tame Tain- 2370, Garrick was offered a chance to ruin re- his position by killing members of the Cardassian Underground when he dealt. When the deal was revealed to be a lie, he instead killed the girl who had made Duffer and helped the rebels escape. So that is thingy thingy you
0: mentioned earlier, and Tim Lang, yeah. Um, so yeah, and obviously when he was ordered by Tain to talk to Odo in season three, he hated it. He absolutely hated it. And I think as he explained to, I think Tain might have said to him what Garrick was explaining to Odo, he used to love doing it. It was the highlight of what he did. And you know, I mean. I don't know if it makes a difference because he knew Odo... I, I dare say probably in Garrick's time, he probably tortured or you know interrogated people that he actually did know as well. But at that point, he had a real distaste for it. So as he was already at that point, even as soon as like two, season three, Garrick was already changing. He, you know, he already had that... He, the effect was already taking place. Um and that's further cemented later on when he goes goes against his own people, but when the Kardashians um I say Kardashians, but Dukart and Damar, at least for a brief period of time, um allied allowed themselves with Dominion. The um so yeah, you can see promptly throughout the series how Garak that, that is gradual but it he changes. And as you say, um yeah, so, um, what bit did you just? I think, I'm just trying to keep up with exactly what we, because I said we're we're jumping here, here too, and um, oh, I'm trying to think of the words. We're jumping here, there, and everywhere at the moment with a uh, um, with our looking through the notes. Um, there was one thing you mentioned that you thought was really quite interesting. It was the when he, the the bit about where he was exiled, about the the story that he told Bashir. Did you want to?
1: talk a bit about that yeah. briefly yeah are we finished with life on the city because there's still quite lots there Um. god are we going of... to go back to it or? yeah I think we can go back to it once we've done this maybe this little bit I'm sure we can, we'll, we'll we'll go back to it if you like so in nine, in 2368 Garrick somehow betrayed Tra- Tain and Tain offered him killed Garrick escaped but was exiled from his home world of Cadastro Prime while suffering from di- di- um uh, De- degradation Degradation. Yeah, degradation. Of his car- uh, in- implant, he gave three versions of his reason for his exile to Dr. Bashir. He first claimed he was a girl in the kardashian mechanised infantry and was exiled for killing several Kardashians, including his first officer, a man named Elam, as well as the, the pre- predominant military officer who were on board a transport going from Bajor to Taraknoor when he destroyed it. Garrick thought he was in fact killing members of the Bajoran Resistance who were planning to sabotage Teruk Noor. Now just think, oh I was going to say, that makes no sense okay, I was going to say where it said like killed prominent military officer I thought oh killed um, um Ducut's father but I thought no, that did not make any sense when he said, never mind. That's right. He then changed the story to say that as he and his assistant Elon, were interrogating a group of Bajoran children, he felt pity for them and let them go, instead of turning them over to be executed, he was exiled when Elim turned him into the authorities. Lastly, he was exiled after being framed by his best friend Elim, with evidence that a member of the Obsidian Order was allowing Bajoran prisoners to escape. And wasn't there another one where it's like... Um, taxes and stuff? Isn't there? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, also in here?
0: Yeah, about... It. He was exiled because he was evasive. When Disco
1: asked Garrick if he attempted assassination a assassination plot against him in 2371... ...was somehow related to the exile... So ...he said he was seriously doubting it... ...that the Finance Ministry would kill him... ...for not paying his taxes to it. it was in there somewhere. way. Yeah. So, yeah. So you've got Garak
0: talking to Bashir about the reason he was exiled from Kardashian, and he gives three different versions.
1: Dr Bashir later discovered from Ine, Ine, in that Elin was actually Garrett's first name, indicating that none of these explanations were entirely true. Another time he claimed he was in exile for <laughs> tax evasion, which I think is a relation to the same one. The one I just said, even this account and any others however, were almost certainly fabricated or distorted Sagarak was fun to say. The truth is usually just an excuse for the lack of imagination. Sagarak truth is the lines between lies. He once claimed that all he says is true, especially lies. So maybe it's a mixture of all three. He just yeah.
0: I I mean I think what we can say I think one aspect we can definitely say is probably true is about the Bajoran prisoners because I think in all three instances it's talk it talks about. Oh, actually, maybe not the first one, but the second and third about Bajoran prisoners or all allowing them to escape. So I think... Um, I listened to it. I think, I'd say, that part may be probably true. It's more likely to be true. Um, but as Simon said, I think there's probably a grain of truth to all of them. But I just... I mean, obviously, the bit about him and Elian that wasn't true. But who's to say that Garak didn't have someone who he was good best friends with growing up? Someone who maybe it wasn't maybe his name wasn't Elim but someone he actually knew we don't know well that's the thing so I think I think kind of what we're saying there is I think there's probably a grain of truth to all three, all three of them there's probably a bit of truth in them we just don't know for sure exactly what's what
1: yeah
0: yeah so but you know it works into who Garrick is you know <laughs> he just, and I think that's why his character is so, um, you know, revered as he is because he's so fascinating because he's so mysterious and, you know, he's. But that's the thing he's got a certain charm to him as well, um, and and that partly comes down to Adrian Robertson who is who plays the part absolutely fantastically well. I mean, they couldn't have picked anyone better to play. But he was born to play Garrick. I mean, you know. Um... But it actually um, work. What what I'm just saying about his character actually works quite nicely into. Um, are you just doing the bit that I was getting to? Yeah, did you want to read that bit out? Were you gonna read that bit out? It, uh, yeah, it's gonna be that bit. Is
1: that the bit you're talking about? Was you talking? It relates to absent friends. Read that one out. Okay, What's I'll read it?
0: that. I'll read that one out first, and then we'll go back to that one. If that's all right. Um Oh yes, yeah. Um, so uh, getting to the characterisation of Garrick Wright was important to both the crew and the actor himself. On the origins of the character, Peter Allen Phil said that we needed a Kardashian who didn't look it didn't act like one. So I finally put him in a tailor shop and nobody hit me, so we kept him there. Um, director Win, Winrich Colby said of the performance that we agreed that Andy could push the envelope but he couldn't leave the Kardashian platform. We had long talks about wardrobe and makeup but we also talked about attitudes that said he would retain that stiffness that you see in all Kardashians now this bit in particular um, I really thought was interesting we needed a Kardashian who didn't act like one that's a contradiction in itself In a, I think obviously in a deliberate way just like Garrick is it mirrors him as a character he's a Kardashian but he doesn't you know he's of that mysterious side of him he's not like most Kardashians.
1: me to turn a phrase wolf in sheep's clothing yeah Yeah, is what they've always sort of said on there, and that's kind of it, isn't it? And it's the wolf, isn't it? This wolf kind of thing, kind of wolf's not Klingon, although he's a Klingon, but he's part of the Federation, so he's more humanist than he is Klingon. Mm. It's that whole thing, Mm. isn't
0: it? And actually, I love the fact you've you used that phrase because that ties in quite nicely to when I can't remember what episode it was, but Bashir talks to him, tells him the story about the boy who cried wolf. And obviously, Bashir she said, "Well, the point is to not lie." And Gareth said, "No, the point is just not to get caught and lie. You just got to tell a better lie or lie better." I think he said, which I just thought was just classic Gareth down to a t. Um, but yeah, I mean, the other thing as well. Um, a minute. Where was I? <laughs> uh, so there you go, rustling of notes. It's very common in episodes like this. Um, oh yes. This is the next bit. Actually, this nicely, I was going to uh, read on from there. There you go. Um, so obviously, Andrew Robertson was involved in the development of Garrick as a character. Um, I love. This is a great way of summing him up.
1: It's that paragraph, Jamie. It's right there. Yeah, no.
0: Well, did you want me to? No,
1: I'm I just thought...
0: saying. Oh, I, sorry. I had Simon's notes in my hand, and he, he probably thought, "Why not just continue reading from there?" <laughs> I don't know why. Um, yeah. Yeah. Have you met Jamie? Yeah. No no yeah yeah, Um, just
1: too easy for him
0: yeah Uh, always love to do things the hard way Uh, so yeah this is a great summary for Garrick he goes Garrick is one of those guys we all know someone a bit like him who you can't trust as far as you can spit the moment you see him you put your hand on your wallet and the moment he opens his mouth you know he's going to lie to you but yet somehow you'd rather be in his company than with almost anybody else he's a charming rogue you can't deny it even I get sucked in by him, although it's me playing him when I see Garak on TV, I swear to god this is true, trot- fascinated. He's all subtext. If a smart guy like Garak says that he's plain and simple, you realise as I said at the start he's not plain and not simple, and that there is a lot going on. Regardless of how innocuous or simple each line is, there is always something going on underneath that belies the line, and his eyes and the tone of his voice say something different from the words he's speaking. It's not an easy thing to work with subtext, but when you do it well, you really get people's attention. I couldn't have summed up any better myself. You know, and I, and I think of kind of the times, like, when he smiles at Bashir and he says a certain phrase and he smiles at him. It's just like, yeah, it's more...
1: Have you got quotes in that one? Er... Uh, I believe I actually do. probably want to read out the In the Pale Moonlight one. It's sort of probably quite fitting. This one here, yeah. Um, yeah,
0: so, um... That's why you came to me, isn't it, yeah. Captain? Because you knew I could do these things that you weren't capable of doing. Well it worked, and you'll get what you wanted, a war between the Romulans and the Dominion. And if your conscience is bothering you, you should soothe it with the knowledge that you may have just saved the entire Alpha Quadrant, and all it cost was the life of one Rom- Romulan senator, one criminal, and the self respect of one staff officer. I don't know about you, but I'd call that a bargain.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean again, I just love the way he says it where you get to line you know, you may have just saved the entire Alpha Quadrant. And he stops for a moment and then carries on. Yeah, just that impeccable timing of a brilliant actor. Well,
0: that's the thing about Andrew Robertson. I about mean, I don't know if he
1: still is now,
0: but at least. But I think when I got his,
1: did you? I think I'm not sure if you got his. Autobi- I wouldn't have no. No, I got
0: his autograph back in. I
1: like Garrick. I'm just not that bothered to no. go and get it. No, it's fair enough. It's fair enough. Um, back in.
0: 2008, 2009 when we went to Comic Con um, I actually got his autograph, it was the one where he's wearing a, um, his tuxedo in Our Man Bashir in season 4 um, and at that time I think I think he said to me or I'd, I'd heard that he actually was teaching acting at a university somewhere, I don't, I'm not quite sure what, what university it was but but yeah he passed on his cross, so I don't know if he's actually still doing that now but he definitely was back then, um, but yeah as you say that sums him up yeah, really well and as you say it, it's just partly da- partly down to writing, but it's also partly down to the acting as well um, I mean god where do we want to go
1: next uh, I think can I just say a bit of on. trivia that we said also in um, our Absent Friends episode for the Peter Allenfield section yeah go for it Garrick's professional as a tailor was an homage by a producer Peter Allenfield to the 1960s television show the Man From Uncle in which Del I didn't get this name right in the last episode either in which Del Flores tailor shop served the secret entrance to the Uncle headquarters Fields was a writer on that show as well because as I was saying in the last episode yeah Um. That's right it it was named on the um, DS9 Rosetta Stone wasn't it yeah in the promenade mm. but I just thought that would be quite a nice tidbit to do while you're trying to work out what we're doing next thank you um
0: so we've done about see I think we've covered the obsidian order there's still loads Jamie. actually yeah oh yes actually there is a little bit more yeah we'll go back we might loads so there's two yeah. episodes we this. think so we're going to be probably doing two. So. Mm-hmm. um so um <laughs> Where are we doing now? I we can just do those two paragraphs. We might as well finish off the obsidian order bit. Okay. We, if that's all right. Yeah. yeah. You. Yep. you tell me what we're doing. Okay. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, so obviously, um, as part of him being an operative, Garak had a cranial implant installed in his skull, which would help him resist torture. So what would happen is, basically... Um, the drugs. Um, it was drugs, yeah. So Garrick became addicted. So not only was he claustrophobic, he was also a drug addict as well. <laughs> um, so obviously when he was inter- interrogated, the implant caused his brain to release endorphins when in pain, thus making the appearance of torture pleasurable. Um, but because he found his exile so just intolerable and in DS9, he basically hacked into the device, so it remained on in, on in. On continuously. Um but it obviously it it failed and he was brought to sick by an excruciating pain. Um and obviously that's where he kind of um started to well I'll say tell the well tell Bashir but I'll say I'll say tell you know, explain, I'll put that in speech marks to Bashir about his exile. Um
1: But and- isn't that the point where I think you realise that he needed a real life on there? Yeah. Saw them all as friends, maybe. I think so. He... How, how soon is that episode after um, Bashir and thing being um, having lunches? What was it, breakfasts, lunches? I can't kind of quite remember.
0: Uh, we well, had lunch once a week from I think it was the very beginning of Deep Space Nine, wasn't it? I think it's about a year later because I think actually Garrick mentioned episode, uh, I think Bashir said, Oh, we've been having lunch. I think he said that to Dax. Oh yeah, we'll be having lunch for like a year now. You would have thought once a week for a year. You think you'd come to trust me a little. And yeah, and why I'm actually remembering this is I actually just recently watched the actual website. the why that's why I can remember that so clearly. Yeah, it's constantly on guys, yeah. Um and yes yeah. Um Yeah, <laughs> so so what was you saying? You say oh that's that was the turning point for his character.
1: Yeah, well I imagine that the right like he would have seen them as friends more, which is why the action yeah. between them all would have gone up. Upon me.
0: In but yeah, and in particular I mean obviously Bashir and Garak obviously the most, but I say later, I say he developed a good friendship with Oda I'd say
1: that will also work into the Zell thing as well.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I I think that's right, yeah.
0: Um Right, so hang on, just lost me trying to thought uh, yeah so I said about obviously about the device oh yeah, that was it and obviously Tane told me shit he wanted Garak to live that's why he helped him it wasn't to save him because oh yeah I care about him it was because he wanted him to live a more miserable life rather than just executing him um, Garak's obviously you know obviously briefly mentioned this masterful skills for substitute su- oh god su- oh, see I'm getting terrible with my words there as well Subterfuge were say were such that even in the most dire of scenarios, he would lie and misdirect any attempt to ascertain the truth of his his intentions. So Taine says to Garrick, "I will never tell the truth when a lie will do." Uh, Later, Garrick would claim he considered lying a a skill that required constant practice. Um, uh, In one interrogation, Garrick excused physical torture, extracted a confession simply by staring at his prisoner, Doctor Parma for hours. He took great pride deal of pride in his ability to force information from people and did not need to be ordered to do so um, Garrick learned Klingonese at some point during his time at the city in order a fact he revealed when he spoke to a group of Klingons confronting Odo so you know even from just that
1: and one of the things I actually love as well I think it's in um, well, I think that suggests that he was on Kronos at some point yeah similar to Echo to when he was on Romulus. Yeah, I that's what I get from that. Yeah, oh yeah, I think that's safe to. And
0: I said, as oh, an operative, he would have been sent. And he would have been probably sent everywhere. So it's not. Uh, I think he. I think he made excuses. Oh yeah, or well, you pick up all sorts of things when you're a tailor. It's like, yeah, that, yeah. Again, that's one of those ambiguous statements. You know, that's not been true, Garrick. But anyway, um. Oh, what was I going to say. Uh, so I was about to say, so I can't remember what it was now. Um, yeah, so that ties nicely into you know that he always, that he always, how he is like, You know, I'm always Mr. Rett. I think when it comes to um, oh, when 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 he goes with Chief O'Brien to is um, no, That's the name of the episode. Empok, more late season five he's actually surprised actually expresses disbelief when people actually they invite him along in they actually trust him and he's like okay this is different because you know because I said he always l- misdirects all the time but I think even at that point for Garrick in late season 5 there was a certain amount of trust even with those he hadn't interacted as much with there was a certain amount of trust there because he had proven himself on previous occasions but I just love the kind of fact at that point even that late on in his series he's still surprised that people were actually starting to trust him um yeah, so we've done Is there anything else you wanted to add about his life in Obsidian Order? No. No. Uh right, so we've covered that. So we're making if this is gonna turn into two episodes and I think Simon's correct, we're just making a note of what we've actually talked about so when we do do part two, we don't forget and we can yeah, you know, keep track of where we've what we've talked about. Um let's see we did a bit about we've done about his exile I think we talked about his exile, didn't we? A bit. Um, I don't really think there's anything more to really say about it. Well, the only bit is, it just talks about after his exile. Um, Garrick took residence, uh, residence of Balterich north under the command of Gaur Bitter over Garrick's involvement in his father's death, Dukat attempted to have Garrick executed. Garrick again escaped death's grip, surviving to see the Kardashian government withdraw from the station 2369. He set up a tailor shop and went into business soon after his fellow Kardashians left the station. That's, I think we've covered everything else with his exile. Uh, I don't think there's really anything kind of gained from that, that little aspect, but um oh my god, yeah <laughs> oh my lord, yes there's the next bit, is quite a lot Should we talk a bit about his life on D S nine? Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> Whatever, Charlie. Yeah. So obviously I know you said this is more my episode than you, but honestly, there is a particular direction you want Not to go. Really? No? Not really. It was
1: best having one person sort of saying what to do.
0: That's all right. Well I think you kind of for the last episode you kind of led that one, didn't you? So um yeah, so uh, let's see, um yeah, so, his life in DS9, so this is this is quite a lot, so I don't know if we'll actually do every part of this, but... Mm, probably not. Probably not. Probably not, I can not that. No, so maybe we'll just do a little bit of it, and then move on to something else, uh, we'll see. Um, I don't know how long we are actually into the episode. Um, but, um, so, yeah, um, I'd say up to, like, Dominion War or so, something like that. And then maybe just leave it there. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll do just a little bit of this, guys. We might not even do every aspect of his life on and so We might just do maybe a few bits. And then I think... Because we'll I've checked on how long we've been going. It's fair I a while so far, so... Okay, right. So we'll just do maybe just a few paragraphs, and I think we'll just...
1: We'll, I'll show you, Jamie.
0: Yeah. Okay, right. Fair mm. enough. That's yeah. fine. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'll just do uh, maybe a few of these. We won't do every part of his life on DS Nine. We'll just do a few bits, and then I think we'll save maybe some more for next time. And then the Minion War. And I think there's even still some l- little bits later on that we haven't even touched upon yet. I think he's uh, the pop uh, ap- I ap- uh, never even pronounced the word uh, apocrypha? Apocracy, isn't it? apocrypha. Apocrypha. It's basically like the novels and Sto, that kind of stuff. Like stuff after the series. Uh, yeah. So. Um, Garak um, uh, obviously kept contacts in the Kardashian Union after his exile, um, and when he started, it took control of Terraknorin and ds Nine, he attempted on occasion to use his position as the only Kardashian still aboard to regain his usefulness. Um, so, it, actually, that's quite interesting saying that now, because you know what you were saying earlier about how he um, he wanted to kind of he wanted to build a life for himself. I'm wondering if before at that time he only maybe with Bashir approached him because he he wanted to he still wanted to maybe he maybe he like befriended Bashir to maybe um he said use that position to maybe try and he actually get back off back into Cardassia
1: no you don't think so no medical personnel don't really have much information in terms of Confidential information, so that wouldn't be a really good way to go in.
0: Well, wh- why, what,
1: okay, maybe, maybe i worded that wrong.
0: W- what I mean is, what I'm saying here is, is he attempts on occasion to use his position as the only Kardashian still aboard to regain his usefulness. I'm wondering if that, from that, maybe it was a case of, maybe not so much befriending Bashir, but just revealing little tidbits about himself. Maybe he thought, oh, at some point, this could be useful for me to get off yeah, the Aston, to get off, you know. To,
1: oh, yeah, well, it's, yes, yeah, it's to obviously get some intelligence on Starfleet, but... Yeah, you know, to maybe to actually... Uh, f- befriending a medical No, that's yeah. not really the right way to...
0: Maybe that's part, but I think that first bit, maybe at that time it was a case of, oh, you know, I'll do whatever I can to get off DS9 so I can, you know, get his exile rescinded. But as you say, as things went on, yeah, obviously that changed. Um... So many on the station believed Garrick was still a spy. He befriended Dr. Bashir and began to reveal small bits of information to the Doctor about his past and current events. Um, I love this. I love this bit. When once asked by Bashir whether he was an outcast or a spy, Garrick suggested that maybe he was an outcast spy, which I just absolutely love. The Doctor asked how it could be both and Garrick simply replied, I never said I was either. Which I just, again, just absolutely love. Um, Bashir and Garrick obviously began to have weekly lunches where they grew to be friends. Um his assigned cultures were chamber 90, 901, habitat level H three. Habitat level three, pretty yeah. much, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Yeah, thank you. That sounds a bit makes a bit, that sounds a bit better. Uh Garrick helped uncover Ton Loss's real intentions after he was got an asylum by Cisco. He invited Bashir to hide in his shop and overheard the Dura sisters. Us, uh, sister selling a substance that was used for explosives and yeah, you know, at that point with Garak <laughs> it also works into Barbara March for, for friends, friends as well. it's really quite good actually actually this is on your because originally Garak was actually going to be at the beginning of um, my part of the year but I'm actually glad because you brought up the thing with, I think we had to do a, but we do a switch I'm actually glad I went with that because it actually works quite nicely now grouping that at this episode with absent friends um, yeah I mean obviously you know stuff like that at that point you're never quite sure what he's a genius or whose side Garrick is actually on because at that point you think well he's probably really just this is all for his own benefit you're never quite sure but um, I think we'll do maybe John do, do just we just do two more paragraphs and then just leave it there.
1: create up to you, Jamie.
0: Yeah, oh, we're not going to do all of this because otherwise, as you say, um, it's going. This episode is going to be well too long, uh, and I think it will be better just doing it in two parts. Um, because if I'm honest, I think that the minimal War there's not really much on that, and I think the the last bit as well. I think there's only like. Uh, there's a page worth Jeremy a couple of pages worth at least yeah um, that's going to take time to explain remember yeah um, so um,
1: let's see uh, um, yeah, um, this is what I mean we're up to there and we've got all that to do to did you, and then all Dominion War which is going to be very complicated to try and explain but
0: yeah, you know, obviously, me <laughs> Well, you reckon we should do the rest of his life from DS Nine at least. Majority of it. Okay, right, that's fine. Um, so uh, obviously we've got along with Bashir, he a full. <laughs> just of, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> we'll do the majority of it, then and maybe we'll just leave a couple of last bits. So maybe, maybe we'll just get up to there, maybe, and just leave that little aspect. There's only a couple of paragraphs. Do you reckon that bit? Think that's quite. Think that's fair fair but reasonably
1: good compromise Jamie will go with it right cool we'll go with that
0: um, he followed a plot by the cut to embarrass a Kardashian diplomat who opposed to cuts. to tell ways it, right? um, I said we're both of our words today aren't we the um, cut accused Koton Padar of a bad news child after the occupation of Bajor ended and again, we've already mentioned about profit and loss about him trying to regain his thing so we don't need to cover that again.
1: But yeah, Kardashians. I mean that's a really pretty much said that as well. Huh? Pretty much said that one as well. Next paragraph along Yeah, we'll okay we'll we'll skip that. Cuz that's one. pretty much talking about the wire which you've very much covered. Yep, yeah, so yeah, so you're that. not missing maps out much. That's fine. Uh but yeah, Kardashians. I mean that was again that was
0: an interesting one as well. Um, and actually I think we when um, we were both watching, re because again, Kardashians, again, at, at the time I was never particularly keen on it, but again you'd re it, and you thought it was very good um, and again, I'd, I'd re-watched it myself, and I actually thought the same thing I actually thought, well, actually, this is actually a bl-. not just because it's Garrix in it, it's, it was just a bloody good episode um, right, so we talked about that um I don't really think that's... we don't really need to mention about the search, really, because it didn't really technically happen, did it, really? I was going to go on to second skin. Um, Yeah, that sounds good. Um, um, He helped rescue Kira from the Kardashians, who had surgically altered her, and tried to convince her that she was actually a Kardashian agent who had been reprogrammed into thinking she was Kira Norris which was in reality an attempt to reveal the ties a former legate had to the Cardassian Underground. Um, When the station was set to self-destruct because of an automated Cardassian anti-terrorist program, Garak tried to use his Cardassian security codes to disable it. He also became part of Bashir's nightmare caused by an alien who was using mind control on Bashir. So that's from the episode Second Skin, Civil Defense and Distant Voices. Um, And yeah, I've I've always absolutely loved... um, in particular second skins I that's one of my favorite um um yeah or bookira episodes it's, it's just so believable i mean the fact that we know it probably isn't but it's actually very very believable um so also we've got um going back into um season 3 so we're going back we're going now to season 3 kind of like mid midway through uh, in 2371, an explosion destroyed Garrick's shop. Uh, he was uh, actually the one later to reveal to have caused the explosion himself to present, to preempt an upcoming assassination attempt by Flaxum Retire by drawing Odo into the investigation. Uh, the two later learned that the assassination was ordered by his former well, for, for, for mentor and father in Arbor and Tain. Um, I've obviously already explained about the, about the joint mission with the Tao Shi'ar to destroy the Hounder's homeworld. Again. I always found
1: that a bit convoluted with him blowing up his own shop
0: Yeah, yeah, I can kinda of see I can kinda of see why why. Um we've already again talked about him torturing those there's no point again retreading re- the old ground. Uh but that's actually a turning point because Garrick and I actually did develop a friendship from that point, which I thought was really again. Um so we don't really need to say we've already kind of covered that bit as well. Um, but again, you know, all these examples show Garak helping the inhabitants of the station. So, whether it's Kira, whether it's Odo, um, and examples of where he could have got himself back in favour. But all every time he
1: went against it. I love this next bit. Did you want to read the next bit so out? So, in 2372, Starfleet learned of the invasion of Cardassia. Rather than betray the Klingons, Benjamin Sisko asked. Garrett to him for a suit while sort of ah. made in, in an intelligence report to the captain um, um, the entire meeting was a method of back channel communications to the Kappa council um, Garrett contacted the to warn him of the impending invasion of Kadasia the two enemies fought side by side defend the uh, Kappa council members during the first battle of um, battle of Deep Space Nine Garrick later admitted however he was tempted to shoot Garrick in the back during the conflict but said against it It, um, it for no reason Then it couldn't possibly defeat all the clowns alone uh, there's a few good quotes in this well Nietzsche, you don't really bother with quotes but it's, it's Garrick though isn't it he's just a master of quotes it's um, a really good one um, you'd shoot a man in the back well it's the safest way isn't it and that's how you to Garrick <laughs>
0: and that's from uh, episode Call to Arms which was is t-
1: and 6 I think yeah yeah.
0: oh yeah sorry it is season is it? yeah I think it is season 6 yeah yeah, um, yeah uh, uh, do you want me to read do you want to read the last little
1: bit as well Let's go for it Jim
0: uh, when Quark wants to hire Garak as an assassin order to kill himself as part of a contract he should not have done when he thought he was dying Garak realising he did not want to die seemingly played along with his wishes in order to help him deal with the horrible dilemma he was in and in time solve it that's from uh, episode body parts.
1: Yeah, so paranoia is what they call people who imagine threats against their life. I have threats against my life, <laughs> Garrett. To quark, um, lying is a skill like any other, and if you want to maintain level excellence, you have to maintain consistency. Garrett to Wolf, Imperious Shadow.
0: <laughs> yeah, like yeah, I think it's good actually. We mentioned in some of the quotes as well because some of them are actually really, really good. Um, I think. Um... I think we actually got to the point where we kind of agreed to kind of end the on. I think we've covered. A th- I think for have covered a good amount, um, so I'm just trying to find the quotes. I'll do it afterwards once we're finished. Um, so yeah, I mean, as these examples show, I, mean, I know it probably was a lot of reading from the notes, but though all those examples show, as Simon said, on every occasion, Garrick had an opportunity to carry some sort of favour with the Cardassian government and every time he turned it down every time he went back, he, back and as you said because he wanted to build a life for himself and him being on a station the people he interacted with they had I think they, he had an impact on them just as much as they had an impact on him
1: so even from the very early sh- that makes me think of the Quark-Garrett discussion about root beer yeah yeah and they both sit there and go damn they've both got us is not it? like damn those humans
0: yeah, well,
1: uh, yeah. I mean, quark and in some ways, quark and
0: Garrick are very, very, very similar. They might seem different in a lot of ways, but actually, yeah.
1: Um. So yeah, I mean, I think it's not in the notes. I can't read. I can't. I suppose that's more quark quote. quote yeah, it's more of a
0: quark quote. It's it is certainly an interesting conversation. Um. Yeah, I think I think we've done I told you it'd be two yeah it going to be two thought... be beginning yes you <laughs> no, were right so si. you told me so yes you, you can gloat now if you want to it's fine I don't mind
1: yeah uh, this well, is definitely because it will make my life
0: a bit easier but you know yeah. this is going to be two episodes guys by the way yes <laughs> so yeah that obviously ends part one of our character profile Mr. Elam Garrick um, and part two will be picked up in Simon's Half at some point I don't know where it is but after the schedule in Yes, yeah, because Jamie wants to
1: make a fuss of when it is and stuff. I just go, it happen next year. It happened like,
0: next year. Yeah, it happened next year at some point. Uh, so, yeah, we hope you enjoyed listening, guys. Um, and obviously, our last episode um, of the year will be the yearbook. Um, so, obviously, our usual annual end of the year. And then, obviously, um, I will be, obviously, you know. Um, I'll be obviously still in overall
1: overall control it's not not the right word
0: it'll still be my half. you
1: always say this you always say this blurb in the year and it's like why
0: they don't care an episode comes out they yeah that's it anyway that's our last episode of the year I'm going to stop now you always do well it. I'm not going to then do it goes I'm back not, to Simon yeah then it, it goes back to Simon you always do I, I didn't know you just you just said it
1: oh yeah on your behalf
0: yeah, didn't have to that, but thank you. Yeah. Anyway, we hope you enjoyed listening, guys, and we'll be back soon with uh, the with uh, of the the yearbook. Alright, that thing. Yes. Yeah. Bye. Um-